everyone is eager to lend a helping hand and they're so excited to see young folks going into aviation. So it's really about just making those connections for the students and hopefully letting them run with it. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I'm your host and chief goddess of the PASS Foundation, Annalise Corbin. We know the current model for education is obsolete. It was designed to create fleets of assembly line workers, not the thinkers and problem solvers needed today. We've seen the innovations that are possible within education, and it's our goal to leave the box behind and reimagine what education can look like in your own backyard. Welcome to today's episode of Learning Unboxed. As always, I am excited to talk with another great innovator in the transformative education space. And today we are going to be talking about the SOAR into STEM program as a positive disruptor in how we think about education and career. And joining us today is Tiffany Nelson, who is the Director of Programs and Evaluation at Wings of Hope. So Tiffany, welcome to Learning Unboxed. Hello, it's great to be here with you. I'm really excited to, to hear more about the program. So let's set a little bit of context for our listeners as we get started. Wings of Hope is a global humanitarian nonprofit organization that has been helping the world's most vulnerable communities since 1962. So good on you for being around for so long. And as their name suggests, they use their wings to connect people to the resources they need to meet their development goals. Their mission is to change and save lives through the power of aviation. And one way they accomplish that is through their Soar into STEM program, which is a five-week learning experience that provides middle and high school students with project-based learning, connections to STEM curriculum, and a front row seat into the workings of a global aviation nonprofit using airplanes to change and save lives. What a cool program. So Tiffany, um, so let's sort of start with some background knowledge, um, you know, outside of what we, we we just sort of shared with listeners. So what was the the impetus, I guess, uh, amongst all, all these things back in 1962? Why aviation and why in that moment? Sure. Um, so we are traditionally a humanitarian aviation organization. So education came later on in our history. Um, so you might have heard of our origin story. It's on our website. Um, but there were a group of four businessmen here that heard about flying nuns in the Turkana in Kenya, which is an odd thing that they're nuns that are flying. And then um, also rare uh, to have a female pilot uh, during that time as well. And so there was a severe drought and those nuns were flying old school airplanes with a wooden frame and canvas wings. And clearly that's not going to hold up to the elements um, and ruin the aerodynamics of <laughs> the aircraft. And, um, and so these four businessmen heard about it. They said, well, we can we could do something about it here and leverage their resources to raise funds and purchase the first aircraft, um, aluminum aircraft for, for the nuns there. So since then, um, and I believe we got the start in 62, we officially say we started in 1963. So it's our 60th year of service. Yeah, which is incredible. And, and since then, we've been in over 50 countries, um, working in a variety of capacities, but always specializing in bush flying. So that it is small, non-pressurized aircraft, 
uh, really flying into dirt airstrips, you know, kind of like the cowboys of this, uh, more or less. So at least that's how I feel when I'm flying with our pilots. And so we did that, um, you know, we've been doing that since our inception in 1963. And about five years ago, as many others in the aviation community noticed, there was a severe shortage of young folks going into aviation for a variety of reasons. And so in the education field, obviously, there's a hyper focus on STEM and STEAM um, education. And we said, well, we could probably do something about that and contribute to, you know, the need of, of the field and also just to help take down barriers for students. To get into aviation is really costly. And so I think that's why a lot of students weren't following that path. And so what we did, we reached out to the St. Louis Public School Districts and sat down with uh, the superintendents and had a, a focus group and asked them, you know, what's lacking? What, what can we help with with the STEM education and aviation education curriculum? And so we built the SOAR into STEM program hand in hand with the St. Louis Public School Districts here. We have uh, we had a brilliant woman on our team, uh, Dr. Deborah Holmes. Uh, she worked with the WashU STEM Pact, um, and so she designed our curriculum really as a foundational course into aviation. And so we held those roundtable discussions in 2018 and officially launched the program in 2019. You know, and I, I loved I love the backstory and, and who who wouldn't want to embrace Cowboys of the Sky? So that that of course is awesome, right? That just gets every young kid out there like, Oh yeah, I wanna know more about that. But the reality of it is there there's great need in the across the broad spectrum of fields and careers that are involved in aviation. Everything from the pilots themselves to the ground crews and air traffic controllers and the technology folks, the mechanics, and literally everything. We are seeing these great needs and we we've been running aviation programs ourselves for several years in partnerships with other entities. And what we see the same, we see the same things. Kids are insanely curious about this, but have no idea, A, what does the industry mean? What are those career options or how to get into them? So I'm thrilled to to hear about the way that you've been approaching this and the fact that you have a program, uh, and it sounds like it's a pretty comprehensive program. A five-week program is, is, is a spectacular. So can you share with us a little bit about how the program actually works. You know, what is it, what what happens over the course of those five weeks? Yeah, absolutely. So you're right, it is very broad. So this is um, a course designed for high school students. Um, it's aimed at, you know, career discovery. Um, and it's a foundational course of aviation. So um, we like acronyms and uh, aviation and so it's SOAR is actually Service Occupations Aviation Readiness, and then STEM is, of course, STEM. So so each week there's a different focus, a different concentration. So week one is airplane basics. So they really learn about um, the basics of aerodynamics, parts of the plane, and then we dive into different career paths of pilots, different types of pilots, and what that looks like. So the way each class is laid out, the morning is theory. 
plus a guest speaker that's in that field. So we like to uh, bring in a bush pilot to talk about what it's really like to be a bush pilot or bring in a commercial pilot or even someone from the Air Force to speak with our students. So that's kind of our sitting portion. And then we have all of our hands on um, learning activities in the afternoon. Um, and so we've been blessed with brilliant instructors that have brought to life the curriculum. Um, so like I said, with um, aerodynamics, they've got hands on like building of gliders, those types of things. And then what I find really unique about um, each of the the each of the weeks is that our students are paired with a mentor in their field of interest. So we do kind of pre-surveys um, of our students, and then we've got our mentors, and we'll match our mentors to each student. And so that will really hopefully give our students enough resources throughout that five weeks to take the next step uh, into following their, their dreams um, of becoming an aviator. So we've got week one, airplane basics. Week two uh, is a crash course in maintenance and engineering. Um, so that's really when they get some hands-on time. Um, we've had students that work on our aircrafts that will go into the field. For example, in 2019, they worked on uh, Cessna 182, preparing it for its annual inspection. Or it flew down to yeah, flew yeah. down to Paraguay, and then we invited our students back uh, to wave goodbye to our pilots as they took off on the on their ferry flight to Paraguay. So that's awesome. <laughs> we try yeah. to get our students involved in the mission um, as much as possible. Yeah. Week three is going to be our navigation communication. So we have um, that's really you know teaching them. Alpha, Alpha Bravo Charlie, their, their alphabet. Um, it's letting them hear the air traffic control tower. They will also map their flight. Each, each student gets a discovery flight where they actually get to fly an aircraft. So they'll map, they'll do a, a flight planning for that. Um, and then week four, we do drone education. And so each student gets a little Tello drone and we do a drone obstacle course. And we talk about the rise of, of drones, of um, uncrewed aerial, ve aerial vehicles in humanitarian work as well, um, which is very much dominating, um, especially in, um, in the African nations, less than Latin America. And then we cap it off with the, the most exciting part to try to keep them uh, engaged. So we have an aviation career fair and we invite academic institutions, um, technical schools, trade schools. We also invite, you know, the ROTC, um, Air Force. So we try to have a variety of different organizations come out and, and offer kind of the next step to our students, all while they're up in the air and flying and taking turns, taking laps around uh, the Spirit of St. Louis Airport here in St. Louis. So uh, it's a really fun day. Um, and so that's a great way to cap it off. Try to reel it yeah. the next step. Although some of the students come out a little queasy out of that airplane. <laughs> oh, I have no doubt. Yeah, we've 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 done some similar things, and so um, you know, and the students really do love it. And it, uh, I, uh, what I really appreciate about 
the work that has gone into crafting this program is, you know, you've, you've thought very carefully about ensuring that these students get engaged early and they stay engaged throughout the program in the hopes that some of these students, you know, we know it won't be all, but that some of them will say, hey, this is really for me and I want to be able to pursue this further. So I guess one of the, I, I've got several questions, but um, one, of, one of my next ones really is around, so as this program has deployed in St. Louis and working with those districts, so what what does the district then do with this programming, right? Because it's awesome to be able to have students spend five weeks, but, you know, for longevity and sustainability as it relates to students actually matriculating into the career of aviation and wherever, you know, aspect of that they ultimately choose, how has the district then taken this program and translated that into a pathway perhaps, or I'm, I'm super curious about the sort of bigger, broader thinking of the potential of this program from a, a traditional school district perspective. It's difficult to say from a, the school district partnership. So I'll, I'll kind of go over their responsibilities in the partnership. So they help us to identify the students that have um, interests in aviation, have expressed that. We also charge a small tuition fee. So the, the school districts are responsible for covering that. They're responsible for ensuring that the students are able to make it all the way to our hangar, which seems like a very, it's, it's a long trek for, for some of our students. So that's their responsibility during the five weeks of the course. We also do quite a bit of outreach in the school districts. Um, we've held camps. Um, we also hold internships in the summertime as a follow-up for the students. So, you know, our education team is very active um, in the St. Louis Public School Districts. We also have community partners. Um, for example, we work with the Christian Activities Center. We've worked with the Girl Scouts of Eastern Missouri. So it's not just the school districts, but we also work um, in tandem with other community partners. I will say um, we've gotten to the point of our curriculum that there are school districts outside of St. Louis that have implemented a SOAR into STEM program. So there's quite a demand for the curriculum. Um, mm -hmm. So this year we piloted for lack of a better word, we piloted the program with um, the Washington, Missouri School District, or the School District of Washington here. And they actually ran their own SOAR into STEM program. So it is being replicated um, outside of um, the St. Louis Public School Districts, which is really neat to see. That's how I see us expanding our reach at that foundational level. When it comes to ensuring the pipeline of young folks going into aviation, I think about some of our other partners. Um, so we're very well supported by Boeing. Um, they're, they have, um, they're not only you know, there to ensure that the program continues to run, but they are some of our mentors. Um, they are represented at our, at our uh, career fair, and, um, and they also, um, support other community partners uh, in their aviation educational programs. And so knowing who else is out there in St. Louis gives us the opportunity to collaborate with them. And so I just went to this amazing um, Boeing partner convening 
uh, conference to get a better understanding of who all is working in our area and points of collaboration so that we can refer our students to them as the next step. So really kind of understanding where we're at in that chain. Like we've got, for example, the Challenger Learning Center working with middle school students and getting them excited. Maybe they can refer to us. You know, our students are high school students. So after that, you know, maybe at the um, uh, St. Louis Community College, they've got a Boeing pre-employment program that preps them and gets them ready for an interview with Boeing. And then once they get into Boeing, then Boeing will pay for their engineering degree. So starting to plot those pathways for students um, has been really critical. And um, we've got an amazing volunteer here that's doing just that. Um, so for every career path that they could potentially make, he's creating roadmaps for them, uh, which is a pretty cool resource to have. Absolutely. Wow. That's almost invaluable, right? You know, um, you know, and so making sure that the students really, really understand the sort of the potential and the trajectory, that's huge because that is one of the things that we hear all the time, whether that be from, from schools and school districts or teachers, but students and parents themselves, you know, if you really sort of dig in and you interview them, you know, focus groups, all those sorts of things that you, you, you do as well, you know, that I, that is one of the things that you find, um, especially with complicated STEM fields that, you know, have a, a more, uh, a higher barrier, I guess, if you will, um, to entry. It's often that they just have no idea what the opportunity is to even get started down that pathway. So I appreciate very, very much that you've taken the time to sort of figure out and help folks navigate um, the path forward. So that's, that's super awesome. Yeah, and, and you hit it right on the, the, the head there, um, the nail on the head. You know, the, the goal of our program is to create equitable access to aviation education. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, like it is in, it's very costly to get into aviation, whether that is as a commercial pilot, um, mechanic, engineer. It does cost a lot. So, the networking for us is really important, teaching our students how to network. The aviation community is really small. I feel like once you know somebody, you start to realize who all is connected. Um, and something that's really incredible that I found working in aviation over the, the past five years is that everyone is eager to lend a helping hand. And they're so excited to see young folks going into aviation. So it's really about just making those connections for the students and hopefully letting them run with it. So it's, it's something that we're continuously working on being, you know, a foundational course. But I think uh, partnerships are really where we can find success in ensuring that they can follow their, their pathway. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right about that. So I, I have no doubt that folks that are sitting back there listening are thinking, oh my gosh, this is really awesome. You know, we have a little airport or we, we, we have a variety of different sort of resources within our own community or region that are aviation based. But we never really thought about the fact that we could do programming around this that would help students find themselves there. And so um, Soarin' to STEM is a program that's out there. So how do... How do we get access? How, how are other places able, if they are, to tap into this thing that you've already gotten started? Yeah, absolutely. 
we're finally at the point that we can share this curriculum. And, and I am so excited about that because it has been years in the making. You know, so we do have facilitators guides. We do have um, videos. We've got instructions for the hands-on activities. Um, so we really have a nice package um, for educators and, and facilitators. You don't have to be, you know, a certified teacher working in working in the classroom to be able to run the SOAR into STEM program. Um, so the best thing to do would just be to reach out to me or to our education programs manager. Her name's Leanne Nolte, which if you reach out to Wings of Hope in general, uh, we're a pretty small team. And, you know, the way we worked with Washington is we were very hands on with them. So we gave them the curriculum to sort of digest. And then we held a boot camp to go over the um, curriculum in detail um, to answer any questions that they had to talk about what uh, materials they would need. And we worked with them uh, to sort of modify the curriculum to fit their students' needs as well. And so they ran it a little bit differently. Instead of having five weeks, um, they did, I believe, three weeks where they had theory on Thursday nights, um, Thursday evenings after school, and then um, Friday nights, I believe, as well. So they broke it up into a couple of different um, sessions and that's what worked best for them and their students. So, you know, we're happy to share. We're happy to walk alongside um, educators and facilitators that are interested in starting a SOAR into STEM program. And that's really, you know, our dream um, is to be able to impact more students, be able to spread the word about not only aviation, but about how aviation can be a tool to make lives better. And that's something that really drew me to Wings of Hope. I'm a humanitarian at heart. And, um, and you don't realize what a privilege it is to be able to get on an airplane or to have mobility to lift yourself out of a situation if you need it, if you've got an emergency to get to a hospital. So just talking about how meaningful it is to be able to be a part of aviation or, or have access to aviation, I think is just really essential. So um, we're happy to share. That's fabulous. And I, I, I really am hopeful that numerous folks that are listening do, in fact, reach out and say, hey, I would love to get more information. I'd love to do a deep dive and then maybe be able to think about this with you. So thank you very much for making this resource available to, to folks that are interested in it. Um, so that's fabulous, too. But I also always want to recognize that, you know, Aviation is a complex industry, and I would imagine that, you know, over the time um, that you have been working on doing the design development and implementation, of the, especially the first sort of trial runs um, of this program, that you, you learned some interesting things along the way um, through that process as well. And so I always love to talk about the, the wonderful things about programs, but I always want to be real, too, especially when we encourage other people, especially educators or community to embrace educational opportunities out there, just to be real about some of the things that aren't always so easy to do. So I'm super curious, um, you know, as the program has developed, you know, what were some sort of like lessons learned or, the, you know, we, we made this modification because we really learned that, you know, this particular unit or this idea or concept that we had planned proved to be much more difficult to really sort of wrestle with, or maybe it was an industry perspective. I'm not sure, but I, I have no doubt 
out that you've had some really intriguing things that you've learned as you've sort of worked towards the implementation to the point that it is today? Yeah, um, that's a great point. And it hasn't always been easy. Uh, so we launched in 2019, which is the year before COVID hit. So um, I'll just tell you initially, the program included middle school students. So there was a wide range of ages. And the curriculum, to be honest, was less challenging in 2018 to meet you know, not only middle schoolers, but also the high school um, learning. And so when we went to modify the curriculum for the first round, we said, well, no, this, just is, this is a program meant for high schoolers. And the response from the high schoolers was that they needed more challenging curriculum. The curriculum is challenging. I mean, it's challenging for me. Um, and, I, and I've and i sat through it and we've worked on, you know, what we call the book of knowledge, which is our textbook for the program. And, and so we have not only changed the age, but also advanced the curriculum as we saw that the students really were grasping the information uh, quicker than we anticipated. In 2020, the program didn't run. In 2021, all of you educators earned some serious respect for me. Yeah. Um, as a non, I'm a non-educator, I'm the director. Um, so you, uh, we changed the program to a virtual program and ended up delivering STEM kits, boxes to the students' school districts where they had to pick it up. Um, and so just teaching virtually was really difficult, especially when it comes to hands-on learning. We're building engines and trying to, you know, show them how to do that via Zoom. It's very difficult. So when we were able to bring the students back into our hangar here in 2022, that's when we could really ramp up the program. Um, and we are blessed to have Robert Powell um, as our instructor, super creative, connect, connected so well to the students. And so he was able to um, take some of the theory that we really focused on in 2021 virtually and bring that to hands-on learning. And we do have a higher focus in engineering. And, um, and we have noticed that the students like more of the hands-on activity. They like building things. They like actually touching airplanes and not just learning about it. They like getting into the airplane. So one of the, the major challenges that has nothing to do with the curriculum, but does have to do with access to and creating equitable access to education is transportation. That has just getting butts in seats. That's been the most difficult challenge for us. Not just for you, not just for you. So I'm, I'm actually really glad for you to say that and say that out loud, right? Because in so many communities, one of the biggest equity sort of things that we tend to see, right? It's um, it's, it's, it's food uh, and it's transportation. Well, and it's funny you say food. Uh, we always provided lunch, um, but we noticed that some of our students were coming in and falling asleep or they're hungry. So now, um, so this year was the first year that we provided breakfast and lunch. Um, so the students get a full meal to help offset transportation and to include caregivers and guardians. We did, we have, we do offer a carpooling stipend. And so if um, there's a guardian that is able to pick up another student that's in their district, um, then we give them $75 cash for drop off and pick up. 
So that is, you know, kind of a little side, you know, a little side thing because obviously that's more than the gas they spend, but it's also for their time and for making um, the education accessible for another student. It works sort of, you know, we work with some school districts that have less resources than others. So we had a school district that's bus broke down for two Saturdays in a row and then those students couldn't join us. So we really are thinking through, you know, is it time for us to get, you know, a passenger van so that we can go around and pick the students up ourselves? Um, what would that look like? You know, can we work with any other entities to make sure that students are able to arrive um, to our hangar safely? And in a way that also makes the, their caregivers comfortable because I'm, I'm not a mama, but I, I wouldn't want my you know kid going off and, and jumping into any random vehicle. So just kind of thinking through, thinking through safety is, is big. So yeah, transportation, food, you, you hit that on the nail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and those are really real constraints, right, that play into this whole issue in STEM generally, right, um, about those barriers to access um, into these industries and these career opportunities. If I can't get there, if I can get there but I fall asleep because of a whole host of factors, if I don't have enough food or I'm concerned about siblings that are home, and you know, it, it's very complicated. And so I'm always encouraged when I encounter an organization organization that's being thoughtful about the whole human experience, not just the program itself. So thank you for that. You know, I also always want to think about as we close the conversation about these new topics, again, sort of recognizing those educators that are out there that are hearing this and are super intrigued, but, you know, might be hesitant to step into this space. So what would you tell those folks? I mean, it's awesome that, you know, you're making your program available. And I would think that's probably a huge, you know, reduction of a barrier for an individual teacher. But in terms of just sort of thinking about whether or not a program like this makes sense for them, what, what, recommendations would you have for folks, uh, whether they be teachers, administrators, or even the community that was contemplating, should I, should I take this leap? Should I investigate the possibility of bringing this to my own community? Yeah, I would say, you know, it doesn't have to be the full program. Mm -hmm. Take bite-sized bits. You know, uh, we didn't have the Soren Descent program and the camps and the internships overnight. It's taken us years to develop and partnerships. So, you know, when you look at our program, it is five weeks long. And I've thought about, you know, is there someone in the schools that could potentially run, you know, an aviation club and take some of our curriculum and implement an aviation club? We've worked with career centers as well inside the school district. You know, is there a STEM club, something like that? So bite size, also pilots are very, very eager to get involved. So if you can find a, a pilot or if you need um, access to pilots, I'm, I'm please reach out to me. I, I'm happy to, to share um, my contacts and my network. And I know that teachers are busy. Teachers are very overloaded. You know, I, I'm speaking to Leanne, you know, she just came out of the St. Louis Public School District and it really opened my eyes to the amount of work and effort and dedication and love that the teachers put into their classroom. And so taking one more thing on probably seems impossible. 
but maybe there's lessons that can be integrated into the existing curriculum that's being used too. You never, Absolutely. You never know. Yeah. I mean, when you think about calculating weight and balance on a small bush aircraft, I mean, that's a lot of mathematics and algebra that goes into it. So, and when you think about aerodynamics and your short, your stole kit and your takeoff and, and landing, you know, having to calculate that is even more mathematics geometry goes going in there. So, you know, I, I'm not sure how solidified the curriculum is, but it could be really cool to add in some of these concepts into the existing curriculum as well. We would be happy to partner with, I think, you know, these are like, these are real life situations where mathematics uh, can save lives. You know, if you are a bush pilot, you're in the middle of the jungle, you have, you know, a small, a small kid that maybe has been bitten by a venomous snake and you load the kid onto the aircraft. Now you have to calculate whether or not you can take their parent with them. Someone that can go with them and you're calculating weight and balance. You're taking a look at, you know, the angle um, of the runway, the distance that you have of the runway, and you have to do all of that rather quickly. So, you know, I think really making showing how these concepts can be applied to real world decisions can be really valuable. I would agree. And I think that is a fabulous opportunity for any educator to bring the real world directly into their content and into their classroom. So I appreciate that very much. Tiffany, thank you for um, not just the work that you do in terms of Wings of Hope and the Soar into STEM program, but thank you also for making time in your day to uh, chat with us. We greatly appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. And and thank you to all the educators listening. Um, You are really making a difference. for our world and for the next generation. And um, and I have absolute respect for you. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.